Today on the Mash Starts Up podcast, I have a very interesting guest. Um, it's someone whose voice you might be familiar with and who is um, a great part of the Lucha um, podcast network. Um, I'm speaking to Joe Nawaya, um, otherwise known as Joe Human. Um, it's very really interesting doing podcasts with other podcasters. Like, how, how do you, how's the experience of being a podcaster so far? I think it's cool, man. Um, look, I enjoy speaking to people, I guess. Um, I'm, I'm in a space where I'm like so obsessed with just learning and being able to eventually share that with other people. Um, so, like, I didn't plan getting into podcasting. Obviously. I think you know this. Yes, because I forced you. Yeah, Mesh, Mesh literally called me up and we met and he gave me a mic he's like yo dude I think you should hit this uh, and I was like what? me? no like I'm not you know I'm not in the space to be doing podcasts and whatnot but I was like you know what cool um, I always love taking on challenges so I was like I'm gonna go for it and my very first episode um, turned out really good and I was like I actually enjoy speaking to people and learning and you know having them give insights and one of the things I always do is that I put myself in a space of I do not know anything, you know. So when there's a guest there, I'm not trying to impose my knowledge or my insights. You know? Do you think that's something that uh, is linked to your childhood or how you grew up, like that desire to constantly learn? Where does that come from? I definitely think um, it's it's something that's uh, rooted in my values. Um, growing up, you know you always like would respect your elders or you, you know like you always have like titles before calling out their actual names you know and, and like now it's actually weird because even people that are older than us you call them by their first name out here but as soon as you get into the house you know if there's an uncle or an aunt you there's always like a title that you need to put before that so for me i definitely think that it's it's a part of my values to always be in a space of wanting to learn, you know, being able to humble yourself and to gain as much insight as you can from the next person. I, per I personally believe that's how you grow. Yeah. So where did you grow up? Uh, well, bro, I grew up in, in a lot of places. Um, what, I'm going to talk about my life story now? Yes. So <laughs> I'm going through this process of really understanding what makes people who they are mm. and then going into what they do. I think... We we rush to just go into the, okay, tell me about what you do. And then we go into the process of, oh, no, you're a creative or you're a tech entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. and this is what you do and how you do it. But I want to understand how, you know, who people are, where mm -hmm. they come from. What are the foundations and the sort of stones that make them who they are now? So, yeah, we're going on a journey. Cool. Um, <clears throat> I grew up, so I grew up in two places. We'll get into that. Um, first place is that I grew up in the Congo, in Kinshasa, where my father used to be the head pharmacist to one of the previous presidents, Mobutu. And um, after Mobutu got assassinated, we literally had to like leave the country because it was it wasn't safe. Um, weird things that before that, you know, my dad always had like this calling. 
and God literally was speaking to him and kept yeah. telling him that, look, dude, you're not going to heal my people with medicine. You know, you got to heal them with my word. And he, he kept running away from this calling, you know, first month, second month. As most of us do. <clears throat> you know, um, and he literally gave up. You know, he, he had a whole queue of people just waiting in line trying to get meds. He left his keys in his office. He went out and, and he told everyone, I'm coming back. And he left and never went back into the medicine space. Um, yeah, so moved moved to Cape Town. Um, we were still in the Congo. We had to go through Zambia first, spend some time there with family. Um, my mom is rooted. Uh, she's from Belgium. So we also got family there. Um, and yeah, man, look, losing, look, like, we were always in a space where we never liked anything. I mean, dad was working for the president, you know. We were those kids that had the latest TV when they dropped, you know, lived in a very fancy house and call friends over and have a good time. Um, and it was comfortable. It was nice, you know. And moving to SA um, changed a lot of things because we were literally, like, starting from zero had no place to go. I remember when my dad settled in, he he was a security guard. Yeah. You know, he was a security guard, always had his Bible with him. He was literally preaching to his mates at his job. Everyone was calling him a pastor. Um, and when we eventually moved to Cape Town, um, God spoke to him again and said, look, we're gonna, you have to start in Joburg. That's where I want you to I want you to start the ministry. So moved to Joburg, still had no place to go. We were crashing with a friend of his who like literally had like a one room and there were two beds on the side. And like this dude had this dude had his own family and he was also struggling, you know, trying to feed his kids. And we were like eight or nine people into one room. Because I come from a from a family of four, <clears throat> eldest, two beautiful sisters and their little brother. And it was so difficult because my, my father did not have a job. And what he would do is he would leave early in the morning, like at 3 or 4, go to town. And whatever he would find on the streets that the vendors might have dropped, either it's tomatoes or vegetables or whatever. That's what we survived on for months, right? Um, until he then met... Another pastor friend of his who literally took us into his home and like put us into his ministry. You need to understand, like, for us as young kids, you know, we are like, okay, cool, dad, you know, you had this really good job, like, you're a qualified pharmacist. Why do you leave that to be a pastor? Because we were literally living on faith, right? You're always hoping that, okay, That's cool. That's so powerful, living on faith. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you're hoping that the next day is better than. Today, you know, and we we didn't understand it at the time. But, I mean, well, what can we do? We're young kids. You know, we need to follow um, what we're being told. And, yeah, we got into this ministry with his friend. Dad was, like, things were starting to look up, you know. Um, and I remember how the church started really loving my family, loving my mom and my dad. And, like, like. My dad is an amazing man of God. This I won't lie. I think I got 
most of like my the way I talk and the way I conceptualize things and the way I'm able to articulate things definitely got it from him. And there was no jealousy in the church because now the head pastor sees that, okay, the con- the congregation loves this dude more than they love me, right? And one faithful Sunday, he stood up on the altar and he literally chased us out. He was like, I don't want this family in our church anymore. I'm kicking them out, blah, 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 blah. And it was hectic. Like the church was just like in turmoil. You know, people were arguing and stuff like that. And my family, you know, being the humble people that we are, by the way, our surname, Nawaya, means who's going to help, you know, um, from my dad's tribe. So we've always been very humble and, you know, okay, cool. It's fine. And we left. And as we left, like half of the church walked out with us. You know, and those were the people that started our ministry. And watching my dad go through all these processes of how he just, you know, fighting and always have the drive to make sure that shit works out. You know, I was learning from that, you know. Um, and I think that's that's really what pushed me into into the space that I am. Yeah, so I, I think that's something I wanted to ask next was like, that entire experience, as traumatic as it was, as you know, there's high low, like high highs and low lows, mm-hmm. right? And just everything together. How does that inform what you do now, and how you pursue your career, your business, and your sort of relationships? I think the turning point for me um, was was watching us go through that process. And seeing how my dad always would sort of like follow whatever was in front of him or take whatever was there, you know, until it got to a point where we were chased out of that specific church. And he was then in a position where he was like, I need to start my own thing, right? That is a point of creation. That's where you're like, okay, cool. Now I need to create something on my own. And... It's a weird space to be in, but at the same time, after finishing high school, I got into MGI and I was there for a couple of months until my family literally could not afford it anymore, right? And I had to drop out. Me dropping out was me thinking about the point where my dad was kicked kicked out because once I walked out those gates, once he walked out of that church, we were both like, shit, what now? You know, where do I go? What do I do? You know, I don't, like, for me, it was like, cool, I haven't finished my degree. What am I going to do with my life? You know? Um, what were you studying? I was studying design. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, because we are so conditioned to go to school, finish high school, get into university, get a degree, Work for work for someone nine to five, build a business, retire with a good amount of money, and live like that. Right? We we are so conditioned by society, um, and through a lot of stuff that we see, um, that that's like your life cycle. That's how it's supposed to be, and being thrown into the deep end like that, where I had no qualification, I didn't know what I was going to do with my life, um, was shit scary. I remember going back home and having a chat with my dad and he felt like he failed me. He literally told me this. He's like, 
I've I've failed you. You know, I haven't been able to take you through to university. And I remember telling him that I don't think you have because you're able to get us this far. You know, you've taught us so much. You've taught me so much that I think now it's time for me to grab onto what you've taught me and fight for myself. So, I mean, at this point, you are out of school um, yep. without obviously finishing. Um, and you're studying design. Obviously, you've gone through some classes at this point. Yep. So, what did you do? So, the weird thing about me and something that I'm very grateful for is that my family has always been supportive um, when they notice that you are so passionate about a specific talent or a course or an idea. I remember very young, they got me like a computer and paint used to be like my thing. You know, I was always playing with... Like Microsoft Paint? Yeah. Like so you were designing I, on Microsoft. I was paint. designing on paint, bro. <laughs> you know, this is this is like what grade seven, grade eight, you know. I used to draw stuff on there and they could see that look, this this dude is very like creatively aligned. So they would help me, like they would constantly push me towards that side. They were not like, No, I want you to be an engineer or a doctor, you know, there's there's no money in this and stuff like that. Um so after after dropping out, I literally like the next day I was like, you know, I'm gonna take my art file and I'm gonna go to town. I don't know where I'm gonna go, who I'm gonna see, but like I can't be in this like I can't be at home. Like I need to, like there needs to be something out there, right? And took my shit. I got to Gandhi. I chilled at a bus stop and I just started crying, bro. Like I was flipping crying. I cried, and I Did was you like, say this was like a low point because you were just it, it it look I was I was defeated, bro, because of that conditioning that, that I was speaking about, right? Because for me, it was like I've always had this dream. Okay, cool, finish high school, get into university, get a degree, um, get a really good job, get a car, get a house, whatever, you know, s- settle down. And for that not to happen was just like. What's going on? Because at that point, I wasn't even thinking of being an entrepreneur. I wasn't thinking of starting my own thing. So it was it was one of my lowest points personally. And after I, I finished crying, I was like, you know what? Let me just go back home. Like, this is it. Um, hopefully something will come up. I need to do research. I need to tell people that this is what I'm doing and stuff like that. And how God works is that as I was walking back to the taxi rank, there's this dude across the road who just screams out, graphic designer. And I look at him and I'm like, in my head, I'm like, well, yeah, I sort of am, but I'm not, but okay, cool, whatever. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go with this. And he called me over and he's like, can I see your work? And as a creative, right, you don't just show people your work because like, that's when you're most vulnerable. You know, when you're drawing, you're putting your soul, your 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 energy and everything into that piece of artwork. And for it to be seen by society and being judged by society, you'll feel like they're judging you. It's a direct attack on you. Yeah. So I was like, uh, reluctant, but I was like, cool. And he he went through some of the work that, that I did back at MJ and he was really impressed. And he's like, look, dude, I run a retail company. 
Um, it's called Urban Zulu, and I've got a store here in town. I need someone that's gonna help me with the with the creative stuff. Um, <clears throat> and one thing about me, man, is that I'm always learning. Like I said, so throughout that time, like even the stuff that I was doing at MGI, I've learned it in high school because I was always watching YouTube videos. You know how to use Photoshop. Uh, Photoshop was like trending back in back in my days. You know how do you it's manipulate not, not, images? You act like you're old, but you're really not. Like <laughs> how I'm, old are you? I'm not. You said I'm back 25, in your days, bro. I turned 25. I turned 25. <laughs> I turned 25 in Jan. I'm pretty. I'm pretty young. Old. I feel like 25 is like 30. But yeah, whatever, man. So um, I took the job. Shitty job. Um, for for care month, seven to six whatever but it was a starting point you know it was a learning curve for me um i remember i started the facebook page on like 45 likes and at the time that i i retired we left it on like 10k mm. and, and i'm saying we because the following year um my business partner now elliot was also employed as a senior designer and we were literally running the social media we were running the whole branding um, the dude en- ended up opening like three other stores, one at the zone. And we were constantly driving this thing. And the beautiful thing about what we were doing is that we were all, we were constantly communicating with clients because they'd come in for studio shoots. We'd communicate with the models. Um, when there's events, we would like be running the media side of the business. So you guys were like <clears throat> learning a lot, like more than just we were doing design. Learning a lot. Yeah. Um, and as much as the job was shitty and the working hours, the freedom that we had was really great because he trusted us to just manage that side that side of things um until we asked for a raise and he was not having it and that's when we we realized that look man i think it's time for us to 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 you know start our own thing um and when we started creating mind space we we realized there was a gap in the market where a lot of us African brands and products and services were doing some really great work, but we were not being able to communicate that visually visually well enough because, like, Elias and I, I wouldn't say we're influenced, but we, we, we would look at what the Europeans and the Western culture was doing in terms of design and how minimal and simplistic their work was and how beautiful that was. And we were so influenced by that. And that's like, even if you look at our work, like that's our style because as Africans in terms of like design and communication, we want something to be busy. We wanted to scream and shout and that's how you grab attention. But simplicity for us was like the key thing. Another thing was also that this really huge agencies um, will charge you an arm and a leg as a startup, you know, because they are at that level. They really do not care and they just want you to pay them, they create the artworks and whatnot, and bounce off. They were not really like hands on trying to understand what is your narrative, what is your vision, you know, where do you want to go, and design and communicate, cater to that, account with the strategy, cater to that, and that's where we saw the gap um, in the market. And we're like, look, let's start our own agency. Um, we conceptualized creative mind space, and we were doing everything, bro. Like we were doing photography, video. Anything that could make us money that was in the creative space, <laughs> we were doing it, bro. Like we would, we we would sell you like the biggest website ever, and be like, "Mash, this is like the greatest thing ever. It's gonna cost you ten grand, 
And once you buy in and you pass a deposit of the 5K, we'd go on YouTube and like, shit, how do you actually do a website like this? <laughs> you know, like we were... So you literally <laughs> like just gung-ho, we, learning as you go, we were finding learning as many as clients go, as you bro. could, just so that you can sustain the business and yourself. Anything, bro, because us going home and telling our parents we we resigning from a job that was paying us a salary all the time was like madness to them because they were like, what are you guys going to do now? Like, you know, and explaining to them what design was and websites for them, it was like, what? No, like there isn't money in this field, you know? Yeah. Um, what would you say was like your big break? Like the client that really, you know, affirmed that you guys were doing really amazing things and like it showed what you could do in the future. I think our big break came when when we when we worked with Cadbury Lunch Bar. So they were partnering up with Skinny Swiss Socks and African Swiss at the time, and they needed some visuals. And being in the space that we were like constantly talking with the guys and getting to know other entrepreneurs who are who are doing some really cool stuff out there, um, we were able to collaborate and. What what we did was we created um, illustrations, stencils um, for the, for the collaboration between Cadbury and Skinny Swiss Socks, and then one big really like interesting thing was that we painted live illustrations for as SA Fashion Week's opening. Um, as as the models stood there, we just went up and painted some really cool stuff on their shirts, moved out, and that was the opening, and. People started getting to know about, you know, okay, cool, there's these two guys writing a brand or agency called Creative Mind Space. And the the money was not great because I mean, at the time for us it was about, okay, cool, how can we leverage the relationship and how can we get exposure? I mean, this is Cadbury Lunch Bar, you know. So the money was not really like something that we we were worried about. It, it was more of like, okay, like what's what's going to be the spin-off um after we do this and i think that's what really set us off because we started getting a lot more inquiries and yeah man yeah i'm very curious just how long you sort of went through this journey of just taking jobs mainly for the exposure and the sort of you know amplification it would offer versus you know, getting what you were supposed to be paid. Mm. Like, how long did you play that game before switching and understanding that there was value in the work that you were doing and therefore you should be paid equal to that value? So, bro, I think it's a very it's a very difficult process to try and, like, explain. Um, I think for us, it was just going go, going with the flow, man, but to to some extent have ha, having some knowledge on where you want to go so with the whole like us doing everything we we did that for about roughly a year um and the beautiful thing about the industry is that it teaches you so we were cool we were doing photography we were doing video and whatnot but we started understanding our strengths right hey we're actually really good when it comes to design, as much as look, you can take great pictures. If you look at other photographers work, you're like, wow, this is like brilliant. Right. If you look at video work, you're like, yo, this is amazing. I can edit, but not like this. Um, and 
the clients, the, the type of clients we were also getting started teaching us about the services that were really in need at the time. So we're getting like a lot of website work, a lot of identity work, you know. And I come from a design background. Elliot comes from a illustration and animation background. I mean, he went to Vitz, he went to Vega. And the the two of us just being in that space and starting to create and starting to understand that this is actually what the industry needs. That for us kind of was our learning curve. And then we realized, okay, cool, there's actually value in X, Y, and Z, right? So let's cut out video and photography because we're not good at that. Plus the demand. Really focus on what you actually yeah, good at. Yeah, you know, and plus the, 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 the like demand is not really there. So this is what's making us money. Let us perfect this, right? So we strictly started focusing on d- design websites. Um, and as we started growing, we also started realizing that, look, clients actually want value in what you create for them. It, it, it doesn't make sense for me to be able to charge you 10 grand for a logo, but you don't know how to use that logo. You don't know how that logo can like create money for you, right? So we understood that, look, we're actually not in the business of creating beautiful things. We're in the business of creating content. We're in the business of creating strategies that actually help brands grow and make the money, right? So we added like a conceptualization or ideation um, department into our business where we're trying to understand what is it that you want to achieve? How do you want to achieve it? Why do you want an online store? You know, asking the right questions also. Because a lot of creatives, like you'd get a job, a client will say, look, I need an online store because um, I think it's the end thing or I want to sell online. And then you design them an online store that does not even make them money, but they're making more money by walk-ins, right? So it's, 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 it's being able to ask the right questions. Why do you need an online store? Okay, cool. Because my sales are not working well. What, how do you sell? No, I sell through the store, blah, blah, blah. Do you not then think that, do you not want to like do an activation or, you know, like try to understand what is the focal point and where is the actual weakness? Because sometimes clients really don't know what they want, you know. And so you, was you guys us. go through a process of educating, you know, small businesses and startups on really what actually works exactly. rather than just taking their money for yeah. the sake of it and it not being effective for them. And also... And also just just on that point, it's very essential because that helps our business grow. If I'm able to create something for you that actually works and brings you money, you're able to then refer me to the next person and speak about me and be happy, right? Because look, we're in we're in business, right? If you're spending money somewhere, you want it to make your money back. There is no two ways about it, right? If you're spending on marketing, if you're spending on sales, if you're spending on employees, there's a certain level of ROI that you expect from them. Same should work with design and creatives, right? I'm not just going to design something because it looks nice, but I know that it's really not helping your business grow in any way, right? Yeah. Okay. So where would you say your business is right now? Um, what's the status of it? Are you happy with the growth you guys have seen? Um, what does the future look like? I'm content. I think we're in a very interesting space. Interesting because um, we've been getting the attention from the right type of clients, you know, and having some really interesting conversations that are pushing us to grow. I mean, being able to trust 
people with your finances, you know, being able to say, look, I'm not really good at this. Let's see how we can bring someone who is going to help us with admin, you know, help us with client relationships or whatever it is, right? Um, and that that that's really just putting us in a space where we understand that we're actually growing. You can't always work in your in your business and on your business. You know, sometimes you just need to be able to also like if you guys do hire people or when you do hire people, hire people that are smarter than you, hire people that are really great at what they do. And I know the question comes in where it's like, okay, cool, but someone who's really great at what they do is going to be expensive. There's always ways to collaborate. There's always ways to work around that, right? There's always ways to create value for you and that person. Um, So that's currently what we're doing. At the same time, I feel like we've we've hit like a certain plateau and we need a breakthrough and that and that breakthrough honestly will only come in the form of capital you know there's so much that we need to invest into um equipment you know um a stronger team um getting the word out there marketing and just really trying to own assets i i mean that's 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 like the next level now okay cool you've built it up to this stage if you do make X amount of money or you do get X amount of money, what's the next stage? One own, own assets. So I think um, it's a very interesting space we're in. The growth the growth is beautiful. It's organic. It's not easy, man. There's a lot of shit that happens. There's a lot of shit that's happened uh, throughout the last three years of running an agency or trying to build an agency. Um, but yeah, I'm very happy. The future... The future... Sounds cliche, but the future is bright, man. I think one reason why we're called create creative mind space is because we want you to one day walk into our space and find all types of creatives, right? We for us a creative is a writer, is a chef, is an architect, you know, is a voiceover artist. It's not just us as creatives, as designers or animators. So we want to be able to build a household name where you can walk in. And you can find an architect and we're, he's able to conceptualize your property or your building. And we're able to then use any other services that's in-house to actually amplify what they're doing. You know, and also just use it in very creative ways. So maybe an architect collaborating with a videographer or an illustrator, you know, whatever it could be. That is, that is our vision. So outside of you know creative mind space, um, you've become very very intentional about using your platform on social media to also teach, right? I mean, I wouldn't say that about your Instagram. Obviously, your Instagram is just a weird flex, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's all your Instagram is. What is a weird flex? You are uh, what they call a lifestyle influencer. Um, I like to call myself a lifestyle curator. Uh, I don't. I okay. don't. I okay. really like. Look, man. I. I you don't, don't like, like the term influencer. I, I. I actually hate it. Um, and I'll tell you why, because everyone, everyone is an influencer, right? Um, I've said this before, right? Like, for you to be able to influence one person could literally be by your behavior or what you do, you know, the way you think. You could be having a conversation with me right now after this and you influence me to be inspirational or intentional. That makes you an influencer in your own right. So 
I, I, I prefer the word content creator. Um, it, it makes more sense and it also has more depth in it because that can go so many ways. Yeah, I mean, um, I think one of the ways that I was leading to it, but with the question was just being very intentional about using your Twitter platform yeah. to teach, right? Mainly on branding and, and marketing for small businesses and them really understanding how to navigate social, how to navigate design to better amplify the work they're doing in their mm. businesses. Just talk about um, the sort of threads that you've been going through and why these threads exist, why you're making them, and also why you're making it publicly available versus you know holding back on that information and trying to monetize it, perhaps for your agency or you know as a consultant on mm. your own. So, like I said, bro, I am so obsessed with just learning and being able to share. And I think a lot of us, um, there's so many things that we went through trying to build a business that a lot of other startups can definitely avoid, right? And I think it's our responsibility as people who have been doing this thing to be able to give off that information and saying, hey, actually, you know, it doesn't cost you anything to be able to say, don't do it this way, try it this way. I know there's time and there's resources, but if you're able to put that out on a platform where it can live, then why not? Um, for me, um, why I do these threads is just to involve people and startups into the conversation. Because as a startup, you might not be able to afford a Joe who charges X amount for a logo, um, but you can be able to afford... Uh, Jabu or a Tepo, you know, who charge you half the price and is still doing great work. But then how do you also manage that process as a client? Because you need to understand what you're getting out of that creative. You know, how do you manage that process? And what are the key elements that can actually help you build your business to get it to a certain point until you're like, hey, actually now I want a rebrand or I want a bigger strategy. Then you can consult a Joe, right? Um, so that is that is that is kind of my my uh, strategy. Also, because there's a lot of us that use our social media platforms just to push our egos and our personas. Um, we have so much knowledge, and why not cut through the noise with actually giving people value? People p people want value. I want value. You know, you want value. Um, look, there is. For me, I always think that your deeds eventually pay off. You know, people, I've had a lot of people like even like really like brand managers or whatnot DM me and be like, why are you giving out X amount of advice? You know, you should be charging for this. I mean, you're affecting our space or our industry. And for me, it's, it's just like, look, man, your deeds eventually pay off. You know, all the threads that I've been doing, um, have added value to our business, have added value to my personal brand because people actually DM me in private um, and say, hey, actually, I have X, Y, and Z. Can I consult you? How much do you charge? Hey, I need a website. Hey, I need a logo. Um, so that is that is like the spin-off and the end goal is just to be able to create value and also just be smart, smart about how much value you give off, right? So when I, when I do those those threads it's information that i'm comfortable with giving 
because I know that it can add value and help you to a certain point. But there's other things that I leave off that is very exclusive, that is like really hands-on. You know, we need to sit about it, we need to talk about it. Um, there's money that needs to be involved because at the end of the day, we all got to eat, right? But yeah, I just, I want to involve everyone in the conversation and I want people to actually gain value from social platforms. So how does your podcast um, tie into this as well? So with my podcast, I'm able to extract insights and value from people that are ahead of me, right? Um, I speak to, look, the name is very controversial, um, but I don't, I don't want people... The name of the podcast? Yes. How is that controversial? I came up with that. Pioneers, it is. <laughs> it, it is it, it is controversial. So what's wrong with that? It's, no, a, it's a powerful name. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, right? I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of people that are just, like, always touched about <laughs> the shit that we do. Because but if you're not on my podcast, then you feel like a pretender. But that's the question. So the genius of the name it's, was that... It's beautiful. I love the it. genius of the name is like, it's a conversation where you get to decide as the listener mm. if Joe is speaking to pioneers or pretenders. Mm. And you literally go through a process of learning from this, this person, understanding their experiences, and deciding on your own in mm. your personal you know, view, experiences, and sort of the biases you might have. Is this someone that is a pioneer or a pretender because that's the game of entrepreneurship in it South is, Africa. It is. It is. You know, there's a lot of people that are just smoke and mirrors and there's a lot of people that are doing the real work that actually matters. And yeah, it's a, a question of like a lot of people look what busy. can separate them. A lot of people look busy, but they're actually not doing anything. Busy is one thing. And a lot of people look successful. That's another one, huh? So, yeah, um how this ties into into um, the podcast is that I'm able to to navigate different, I wouldn't call them thought leaders, but people that are doing real impactful work, um, people that are really putting stuff out there that might not be exactly celebrated or amplified via media or social networks, but it is impacting society, it is changing people's perspective, it's adding value in one way or another. And I'm able to 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 speak to those people and try and and extract those insights and you know what is their process you know what are the challenges they also facing because another thing with entrepreneurship is that you would go on our website and you look at all the beautiful work we do and you think wow these guys are amazing they're killing it they're happy you know everything is flowing there's 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 always something going on there's processes there's challenges that you constantly have to overcome to always be able to execute at such a high level and those are the stories and the insights that that i want to be able to document and dissect and and understand you know um hence i always put myself in a space of learning so if i'm having a mash even though i know mash does podcast mash does this x y z i will still ask why how you know um and yeah man it 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 it's it's a great space to to um, learn, um, and it ties beautifully into what we do because it's about giving value. Yep, that's all it's about. It's about giving value. So, do you think you're a pioneer or a pretender? Why don't we let the the listeners decide? Thank you. <laughs> 
Stop the recording. <laughs>